1: Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we're the Locked On Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button if you like what we're doing. So we're delivered to your eyes and ears first thing every day when the Bengals make moves. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. James, as we record on Sunday. I don't know that we've done a mock draft Monday for a Monday episode since 2021's draft. And if we have, I apologize. I think we've ended up recording them on Mondays and Tuesdays instead. But today, with the Bengals picking at 31 and a lot of mock drafts happening after the week of free agency, the two weeks of free agency, I thought it would be prudent, James, to just go through the the mocks from around the internet from, from the credible draft writers and take a look at what folks are projecting for the Bengals at pick 31 at this point. What do you think? Yeah, sign me up for it. I'm excited for it. Look, the the Bengals, they address that that
0: big weakness in the middle of that offensive line. But don't rule out offensive line. There's been some some talk about that. I think offensive line is very much on the table still at 31, as is uh, a variety of defensive positions. And um, just because I like patting ourselves on the back, uh, we were all in on the Jamar Chase pick, and look how that worked out. So that's why you want to listen to Locked On Bengals, because you're going to get draft content and and opinions that you're not going to get anywhere else. So we'll see if we can nail it again here with the 31st pick. It might be a bit... Bit tougher this time without Joe Burrow's former teammate, who dominated the SEC at 19 years old, staring at the Bengals at five, at fifth overall.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely a little bit harder at 31 mm-hmm. than than it is at five or at one. Like the last two years, I felt like it was pretty easy to to project where where their mindsets were, and I think this year is probably probably defense. Is, is what we've heard since the Combine, really, and it lines up with the way that they've approached their offseason. What we've seen the Bengals do under Zach Taylor time and time again is go heavy on money on defense and then draft heavy early offense, first two rounds. And, and this year, we've seen a bit of the opposite approach. We've seen a heavy spend on the offensive side of the ball, relatively speaking. And... We could see instead the early emphasis be on defense. And everything is relative, James, that the money they've spent on offense, on these external offensive linemen they've brought in. Well, they've also spent $10 million a year on B.J. Hill, and they franchise tag Jesse Bates. So that's a lot of spending on the defensive side of the ball, too. But Zach Taylor saying that, you know, in, in a recent sit down with Jeff Hobson, that they're wide open. And so that's kind of where you want to be going into the draft. You want to be wide open. You can pick whatever the best player available is. Apparently, there's been some speculation that it could even be a wide receiver. But we're not going to be talking about a wide receiver today at 31. Go ahead.
0: No, but that's the thing is like you said, probably defense. And it's probably defense because there's like four or five positions that realistically could be best player available on defense at 31. But that's why I think it probably like that's why I would agree with the probably defense, not because the Bengals are focused more on defense than offense right now. And I that, that's the thing. Offensive line is I got into this debate. I forget where I, I and I, uh, it was, but maybe on Twitter. And it was it was very brief, but the Bengals are going to be willing to take an offensive lineman at 31. It is the right guy there. And I saw the, the the wide receiver thing. And I think that was Hobson's point is, look, they're going to take the best guy. They're not going to wait around and, and say, oh, well, we need to fill this with this. And they brought a lot of these defensive players back for a reason. So they didn't have any glaring, oh, my God, if we don't address this at 31, the, the world is ending type of holes. And I don't think they have that. They do have holes and weaknesses, of course. But I don't think there's any so giant that you have to address a certain specific area with that 31st pick.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about some of the players being mocked to the Bengals, some of the positions being mocked to the Bengals, because I agree with you, James. I, I would be still surprised to see a wide receiver at 31, but you, you never out. say never. You never say never. uh so Lave. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let, let's look at some <laughs> of these guys, and, and Bengals.com has a great roundup here that Marissa Contepelli put together, and, and that's going to be our guide for today. And, and the first guy that four different prognosticators have mocked to the Cincinnati Bengals, including NFL.com's Chad Reuter and CBS Sports' Chris Trapasso, is Andrew Booth, the Clemson corner. And this mm-hmm. is the guy that we talked about when we looked at Daniel Jeremiah's mock the other day. He had them picking Linderbaum, spoiler alert, Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. But Clemson's corner, Andrew Booth is a guy that I think could step in and play very early in his career and could be, the compliment to, to uh, Chidobe Awuzie on the other side. And, and that's why I think corner is going to be a popular projection for the Bengals, James. If there's a guy that they like there, the other guy that was mocked to them, Paul Daner Jr. from The Athletic, put Kyler Gordon in that spot at mm-hmm. 31. And and my issue with the Kyler Gordon pick at 31, James, is he ran that 4-5 at the combine on that fast track. And so there's some certainly some some speed concerns after his testing but on tape it doesn't show up as much so I I I get it as well but between these two guys I'd certainly prefer Andrew Booth
0: sure and corner is going to be really really popular and that's you're right and part of that is when you look at it and you look at Eli Apple and they brought him back but they haven't added another veteran and you tie in the fact that the Bengals love not like not sort of like but they they seem to love first round cornerbacks And so, yeah, I mean, is it realistic to see this happen? Sure. But, you know, will they be there? Will that guy be there? That's going to be something we say for about, you know, 50,000 times over the next month because it's really, really tough at 31. and it's hard to project the first 30 picks. And so the Bengals, I would say, you know, last year especially, they probably had three guys, four guys that they really had to dive into, like really, really deep, and then they could – really eliminate guys quick they're not gonna be able to do that and and that's the interesting part of it right for this this front office for this coaching staff is they probably need 10 guys 12 guys like because you could say you could tell me linderbaum right is gonna go 15th and i don't know who's picking 15th but he could go in that range or he could be there at 31 and fall to the second round and you know booth is another guy you look at some mocks he could go 22nd or he might be there 31st. So it's, uh, I, look, I, I would not be shocked at all if the Bengals, if he's there, they take him. At the same time, will he be there? Do they view him that way? How do they view the corners? And uh, we do know Luana Rumo's a, a big defensive backs guy, so I'm sure he's uh, salivating about the possibility of getting a first-round talent in there, um, you know, fresh off of their college career so he can start molding them.
1: I've seen a lot of Andrew Booth in the second round lately, which is surprising to me. Like, I don't know what's caused this dip in his draft stock. Maybe we'll have to look at our friend Ben Robinson's grinding the mocks to see what the trends are. Maybe that's something we can do over the next month as well. James, there are a couple other guys that I really want to talk about in this roundup. I think are quite interesting staying on the defensive side of the ball for a little bit here. And then Something that we talked about is who who are the free agents that could still land with the Bengals at this point, internal, external, both. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. But first, I want to talk about some of these defensive linemen that are interesting. And I think there's going to be a real intriguing option with David Ojabo, who had that injury at his pro day. And we can talk about whether or not that move would make sense for the Bengals as well. But first,
0: I have to tell you about Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet, high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories. Perfect for you, whether you're hitting the gym and you need that protein punch, or maybe you just want a healthier option that tastes great. Every single Built Bar covered in 100% chocolate, you need to check them out right now at Built.com. And don't forget the Puffs. Built Puffs are awesome a protein-infused marshmallow bar. You gotta get them. And the way you get them is by going to built.com using promo code Lock15. You'll get 15% off. So save money, get healthier, and get on the Built Bar Planet. Built.com, promo code Lock15.
1: James, there have been a few defensive linemen I've seen here as well. And I think this also makes sense. And and the the three names to talk about are Boy Mafe from Minnesota, hyper athletic, edge rusher. And and that would that's a guy that I've picked. I've pulled the trigger on when he's been available in some mock draft simulators I've done. I think his workout is going to take him out of that range, but that's a name out there. So watch for falling edge guys, I think is is the point here. And Travis Jones is who Mel Kuyper has mocked to the Bengals. I, I thought that was interesting. A a big defensive tackle. I, I have seen him more in the mid-second than in the first, but defensive tackle with the right guy's there, Devontae Wyatt. There there's uh some hype for Logan Hall from from Houston to get into the back of the first round. These are guys that could play three tech. Logan Hall could even play outside and kick inside mm-hmm. with with his kind of tweener size, but The most interesting one to me that that I see here on the defensive line in the mock draft roundup is David Ojaba, who, of course, Achilles injury at his pro day, but prior to that was seen as a mid first round pick. And you think back to Jeffrey Simmons is is where my mind goes immediately is is Jeffrey Simmons, who was looking like he was going to miss a significant part, if not his entire rookie year when the draft came around, would be the same. But there's a crazy athlete here who is tapping into some potential at edge rusher. So I guess the question is, is can they afford to take another first rounder who doesn't have the medical ability to contribute in year one? This is something that has driven Bengals fans crazy, James, and coming off a Super Bowl is this a luxury that the Bengals will think they have, or will they think, you know, we need to find a guy who's going to help us get back there this year?
0: Well, they've they've never really picked a guy that they didn't think could play as a rookie, you know? So th- this is uncharted waters. Now they've had bad injury luck, and Price had torn his pec, and then he got injured again, and Ross had, you know, 52 different little things going on, and then the elbow, and, um, you know, and it goes on and on and on. I get that, Jonah, and we could keep going down the list. But... If you let's say you have a top 10 grade on him and you look and you know booth is gone let's say he's the 23rd player on your board uh Elam's gone who everybody loves Linderbaum's gone and it's like okay which I was there we could trade down that's another option I think at 31 it changes it it's different than even 21 because um miles Jack I'll give you the miles jack example and I forget the draft it was but he was seen as a top 10 talent. I know the Bengals were willing to take him in round two if he had fallen and he didn't, he, he was early second round. Um, when, he, when he got picked, I want to say like the 38th pick or something, to Jacksonville, the Bengals were in on him. They weren't taking him in the first round, but they would have loved to take him in the second round. And he, he didn't fall to them. How do the Bengals view this 31st pick? Are they going to say it's basically a second rounder, and this guy could be a stud, and he's the highest graded player on our board by 20 spots? And yeah, he's got the Achilles, but our medical team has looked at him. Everything seems like you know he can come back and be ready to go in 2023. Maybe they do that, especially because they would have a fifth year option on a guy like that. But I would I would lean towards the 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 other way. That there's going to be someone else that's close enough grade-wise that doesn't have that huge, you know, uh, scar, literally and figuratively, coming into the league that they have to recover. They know injuries happen, but man, even a guy like Cedric Abue who had injuries, they they, they were expecting him to play as a rookie, right? <laughs> if uh, if need be, and uh, and the list goes on and on of guys that they've drafted that have had injury stuff, but weren't necessarily out for an entire rookie year. You spend your first round pick on him. I just think that ultimately, and not that they won't consider it, but ultimately someone else will be close enough on their board where they'll go with that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree. Miles Jack, you're very close. 36th pick to Jacksonville in 2016, the Bengals pick Tyler Boyd at 55, 53, 55, 20, gotcha. 20 picks later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They, they would have been in on Jack. They would have been in on Mike Thomas, Michael Thomas, like of the Saints. Mm hmm. Uh, Sterling Shepard, and then they got Boyd, and it worked
1: out. Eventually worked out. Yeah, I think the Ojabo conversation is quite interesting, but I do think that, especially because it's 31, like you said, because it's 31, where they might draft an offensive lineman who won't play right away, again, which would also drive fans crazy. Say it's Tyler Smith, a guy that we've seen mocked to the Bengals in the last few weeks who might need some time, especially if he's moving inside. Or, you know, say it's one of these Kyler Gordon at corner. Maybe he doesn't beat out Eli Apple right away. And so it's not just injuries that keep guys off the field. Sometimes they just need a little time to adjust to the game. And so that's one way they could see it. But you're right, their history would suggest that if there's a guy that isn't necessarily going to to play his entire rookie year. They won't necessarily be interested, but they haven't been in the position very often where they're mm-hmm. picking later, and it's a guy that's falling to them. So I, I do find that interesting. The offensive linemen in this roundup, James, two folks have Tyler Linderbaum going to the Bengals, Luke Easterling, and Daniel Jeremiah. We talked about Jeremiah's mock, but Luke from the draft wire, USA Today, has them trading up. To pick 26 to get it done for Linderbaum. That would be pretty ah. surprising, I think. It would.
0: It, uh, it, it would be surprising to up. see them trade
1: up. Yeah. The last one here is Bernard Raymond, offensive tackle, Central Michigan, who Bengals fans, I think, are traumatized by Marcus Hunt. Different player. <laughs> very different player. I know he's older. He had to do some military service. Uh compulsory military service. But then he he started playing tight end, but he he's got as we talked about with, I think the two PFF guys, great technique at the mm-hmm. tackle position. I uh, James, go ahead. Real, real quick.
0: I'm going to just put it on record in, in, in is, as of now. And I I think I said it last week a little bit, but I'm going to go, especially after talking to my guy, Bengal Sands. If Tyler Linderbaum is there, you take him. We'll get him some belt bars. He'll get up to 305. Let that man run and move the way he does. Uh, Frank Pollock can mold him and, and figure out the arm. Like, this is not Billy Price, all right? I heard last year all this stuff about Jamar Chase and John Ross, and it's just John Ross again. And No, okay? Like, you, you could just look. And I, I know that was la- a lazy comp from fans, but it was there. I think the Billy Price comp for Linderbaum is lazy too. And I know they're both Big Ten, whatever, Price didn't test. They look completely different. <laughs> and uh, And so, yeah, if he's there. I would take him and I think the offensive line would be better for it. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. I I just, it's not as much of a no brainer for me. Like I might eventually get to that point where it's like, yeah, Linderbaum is probably the best pick, but just when you're because, because he has like a top 15 film grade, easy top 10 film grade, maybe depending on, depending on how, how you evaluate centers and how you value that position. And they have Ted Karras who can move to left guard. So there are a lot of reasons it makes sense, but if it's, Linderbaum versus Kenyon Green, as we discussed last week, that might be Kenyon Green for me. If it's Linderbaum versus Bernard Raymond, maybe you value tackle higher. You know, these are at this point probably not taking the tackle. The tiebreaker goes to the interior lineman, I assume. But there are some complications there, especially for the Bengals where, you know, you're talking about picking an interior lineman with the first round pick, which they have done, but not a ton. And there's not a pressing need there. And when they've done it, there's generally been a pressing need there. James, we talked about some some free agency moves that we would still look at. Some internal guys, maybe an external guy you've got your eye on. We'll tell you the best free agency move for the Cincinnati Bengals that they can do before the draft comes around coming up next.
0: But first, I have to tell you about Athletic Greens. I use AG1 Athletic Greens every single day. And well, you should do, you should too, because there's so many benefits. Jake uses it as well. But the first one's first. I don't love veggies. I'm not the person that eats veggies with every meal. But this way, I can get in eight ounces of water in the morning, 10 ounces of water if you want a little more water. You can get all the vitamins, all the nutrients, everything that you need uh, to succeed and to do everything you want to do. And stay healthy. And and that's the the awesome part about Athletic Greens is whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it doesn't matter, it it, it fits, it fits in the dietary uh, restrictions or the realm that you're in and it's going to cost a reasonable amount less than $3 per day investing in your health and you're getting all the veggie benefits, you're getting all the multivitamins, it's Athletic Greens and it is awesome. You need to check them out right now. Make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply, by the way, of their immune-supporting vitamin D, which, let's be honest, we could all use a little more immune boost. And five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. It's that simple. Athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash
1: credit card my favorite thing about it is it's really convenient it's yeah. it's and it helps you hydrate that's my thing it gets my hydration going in the morning first thing in the morning you get it going you get all those you get get your your water intake going it just starts the routine for me it's been really helpful for me for sure anyway free agency Wrapping up the show here with a a look at some moves that can still be made with Jeremy Fowler from ESPN tweeting that the Bengals are interested in bringing back Larry Ogunjobi. He's not sure the money will work. Larry Ogunjobi looking for that starter money. The Bengals not necessarily clear. They can swing starter money, especially if that starter money is 11, 10 plus million per year for Ogunjobi. You got some, Extend Jesse Bates tweets from the Jesse Bates fans on the team, his teammates, Mike Hilton, namely. And you got B.J. Hill tweeting they need to re-sign Quentin Spain. And so a few different directions reported and that players are asking for for the Bengals to make one more move here in free agency, James. Is it an external? Is it an internal guy? Who do you have your eye on the most?
0: Whew. It's tough, right? Because you'd love to get Larry Ogan Joby back. Um, Quentin Spain, it's okay. You know, I'm okay with bringing him back on, on the right deal. And so here's, here's the path. And here's kind of what I think the Bengals will probably do. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Spain's back. Trey Flowers, a guy who's kind of went under the radar, wouldn't be shocked if he's back. And maybe that's the other veteran corner they add. Um, but Spain's just sitting there. And he's still out there. oganjobi Joby, just still out there. Failed the physical. That's a blemish, right? That's a scarlet letter type thing that you have. You failed your physical. And the, the team that wanted to give you million million over three years said, nope. So how healthy is he? When will he be healthy? When will he be able to pass a physical? I don't know any of these questions. Maybe he's healthy now. And it was last week. And that's it, right? So um, to me, like there's a path where you can get. Multiple guys back. They're not paying ten million dollars for Larry O'Ginjobi. If that's what he wants, good luck. You're not. I don't think he's getting that anywhere now. Like it, it really cost him, and I feel bad for him, failing that physical. But that really hurts his market. I would be. I think maybe half of that. Like what he played for was it like six million last year for the Bengals. Like I think he might be lucky to get that now. Like it's tough, man. It's tough, and maybe a team has an injury, and then then they bring him in, and he waits it out. I think that's what Tyron Matthews is going to try to do. And who knows what's going on with Stefan Gilmore. I know he's not or likely not coming to the Bengals, like like so many people are clamoring for. But um yeah, I, I think uh, internal-wise, if I had to prioritize one, given what Ogon Joby's looking for now, I think the best case would be he drops his asking price and the Bengals are able to ink him. But 10 million bucks, like that's silly money that he's not getting, at least in Cincinnati. And so to me, it would probably be. Uh, am I really going to do this? Am I really going to say Trey Flapp? Like, probably not. I would probably say Spain, I guess, because we're prioritizing, uh, you know, Burrow and protecting him. But I, I think that they can find someone to replace Spain in the draft. Or you could go external-wise and, and find a guy like, you know, that, uh, th- that could replace Spain. But what is his market anyways? His market might be a million and a half anyway. Andrew Norwell didn't get a lot, and I think Norwell's profile is much higher than Quentin Spain's at this stage. So they may be able to bring back a couple of these guys, Jake.
1: Yeah, I think that that is certainly a possibility. Trey Flowers and Quentin Spain is n- not a crazy thing to say. Those are two salaries yeah. that are sh- should not be terribly massive. Quentin Spain maybe do a little bit of a raise because he did have a, a strong really first half 10 games of the season and was up and down a little bit on the back half. But the the reason I like Quentin Spain when you're looking at the internal guys specifically, James, is that he just provides a little bit of stability to left guard if none of these young guys are ready. And we've mm-hmm. talked about, yeah, it's, it's better that the Bengals only need one position to step up at left guard on the offensive line, I mean. But you still don't want to necessarily count on it, mm-hmm. especially when you look at the history as – you know, Joe Goodberry did. He goes back and he, he's looked at all the PFF grades for all the first-year guards. If you play badly as a rookie, especially at guard, th- there aren't very many guys that get better. So you don't necessarily want to count on it. Mm-hmm. You hope for it, certainly. But as we discussed last year, hope is not a plan. A lot smaller this year when we're talking about one position instead of four. Right when we said hope is not a plan for this offensive line, so so that's where I'm on Quentin Spain. But the external guy that I want to talk about real quick, that is, is just still there, and, and maybe there's a reason he's still there. Is is from your free agency plan, James Steven Nelson? Mm-hmm. It, it's just a guy that, that the the, nun, the the money could make sense. Yep, it could be another guy that you try to get on on a relatively small deal like. Chidobe Awuzie, I think he has a relatively small deal, all things considered. He's 29 years old. You know, you try to get him in for a couple years. Yep, I, I could see that being a way to try to stabilize the corner position. But essentially, all these all these moves we're talking about are like get a veteran in at one of three positions: defensive tackle, three tech, corner, guard. Let me ask and, you and this the reason for it is because, you know, can you fill it in the draft? Yeah, go ahead. Steven Nelson, Larry Ogunjobi healthy
0: two years, two years, 12 million for Nelson, uh, a one year, 6 million for Ogunjobi where he can test the market again next year. Which one are you doing? If you could only do one and odds are they would only do one of those two.
1: Yeah. I- I think I'm inclined to do the one year oganjobi deal there just because I doubt I, I doubt he wants two. That's why I only say right. one. yeah I just feel more confident in their ability to find a first year impactful corner where they're drafting than I necessarily do that that they'll find the three tech in this draft. Mm-hmm. you know, maybe they do on day two. maybe there's there's some guys that you know could could break out. But, but three tech is another one of those positions that even even the time. best players takes a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times. What what about you? Which one of those are you on? I know Steven Nelson was your guy in the free agency plan.
0: Yeah i uh, I think I I agree with you. I lean that way because to me, I think it's a very real possibility that they take a, or they could take a corner at thirty one and. He, Ah, it's tough. Actually, it might be Nelson. It might be Nelson. Look, Larry Ogunjobi, as good as he was, he was inconsistent. All right, So we know that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the other part of this is I would bet, let's say they take Andrew Booth 31st overall. My James sports sportsbook odds of who's starting opposite Chidobe Awuzie week one on draft night, I'm going to bet Eli Apple, which – it sounds crazy, and people are going to be like, oh, my God, are you serious? It's hard sometimes to just come in and be a stud corner, and we saw it time and time and time again last decade when you're this first-round pick and you're expecting, and maybe they just get it right, but they're drafting 10 picks later, 14 picks later than they did with Drake Kirkpatrick, 10-plus picks later, or 8 picks later, 7. It was 24th overall for Dark West and so 7 picks later for Dark West and Like It's hard. It's hard to get these plug and play CB1 type guys in the draft. And so I would probably say Steven Nelson. It's close, though. And I think it, at this stage, since we haven't heard anything around Nelson, I think Joby would be more likely. But that might be a post-draft signing anyways. Yeah. Like I said, his value took a hit. And uh, same thing with Spain, right? They may just say, stay in Cincinnati. We may resign you, but we want to see what we do in the draft first. Because if Linderbaum is there and they take Linderbaum, then they're moving cares, and they're probably not bringing in another veteran uh, to to be a backup, essentially. Even though that's probably what Spain is at this point.
1: Yeah, and, and you—he is still in Cincinnati, we think, still working yep. out yep. in Cincinnati. The the one name that we haven't talked about at all, by the way, Kyer Elam, the other corner that that could be in play for mm-hmm. the Bengals there, at thirty-one. But but I think I agree with you. The fact that we've heard nothing on Nelson to me is very strange overall. Like there's no like. How is he still out there in the first place two weeks into free agency? You know, is the size a concern for some teams? Overachieving? Why did he take because he took a while to catch on last year, too? Mm-hmm. So maybe there's something there, but it will be interesting. These are the positions we're going to be talking about, I think, for the next four weeks is left guard, pass rushing, defensive tackle, maybe an edge rusher at some point. But, mm-hmm. but probably corner will be the third, certainly corner before edge rusher. And maybe externally, they're looking at edge, too,
0: because there are some guys out there, some 30 yeah. plus year olds that could give them a little juice if they if they wanted to bring one in.
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough when you start to get one year deals and, and try to work out the cap. But still some money we're expecting the Bengals to spend. going to reiterate this again and again. Currently the Bengals in in the current season in 2022 are the fifth lowest cash spending team in the NFL. Uh, We're expecting that number to to get up by the time the season comes around to about $208 million. They're currently at $176 million. So still some moves to make. And maybe that's just Jesse Bates money. Maybe that's Jesse Bates extension money. Maybe that's some other extension that we'll be talking about. And we could certainly see those as I feel like I've said it again and again. But that's going to do it here for today's episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast, taking a look at some moves to make in free agency, taking a look ahead of the draft. And it's getting to be that draft time of year, James. We're getting to April. Until next time, Bengals fans, day, and have a good one.